thank you. How are you doing? Very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Oh, <laughs> it's great. It's great to have you here. No, it's you know? good to be here. I'll let him introduce himself in a moment, but I can say this: he loves people. He loves leadership. He loves strategy. He loves research. It's amazing, and he still finds time to spend with his family. I wonder how he does all of this with you no know, globe trotting. Maybe the, um, the the virus and pandemic has had made him slow down from traveling a bit. But <laughs> it's not he's not doing that in any way. Prof, you're welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. And sure enough, we the the virus has just created more and different opportunities to work. <laughs> Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, <laughs> that's right. So, if you would just quickly share with us, just just an introduction, who who are you? Let's let let those listening get to know who you. So, most of my. Uh, so, if you had encounter me today, you would probably uh, be introduced to me as. Um, a leadership consultant uh, or something like that. Uh, most of my time is really spent across mostly the African continent doing leadership training, although I do collaborate with other international organizations like Center for Creative uh, Leadership or Main Company, uh, where we do international work. But uh, for my own um, uh, leadership consultancy, I have chosen to make Africa my my primary focus, uh, because I'd like really to see and spearhead the the rising and emergence of a new breed of disruptive leaders who can really turn around this continent for for greater and better causes. So that is what mostly occupies me. My background is academics, and so I used to be full time lecturing. I still hold. Um, a fellowship with the University of Pretoria as a research professor, uh, but most of my time is guest lecturing there when needed, uh, supervisions of masters and doctoral students, as well as mostly just publishing journal articles just to keep up with the requirements of the of the associate status I have, um, and then a couple of universities where I'm in adjunct faculty. So that, in a few words, would be would be what uh, I spend most of my time doing right now. Um, in, in fewer words, to me, that would be busy, 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 busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yep. So it's I think I think. Yeah. Go ahead. Go on. Yeah. Go on. I, I think it is a, a busy schedule, but the, the way I have designed this part of my life is to preoccupy it with things I really enjoy doing. So it's not busy with the wrong things. I think it's busy with the right things. I actually don't feel burnt out or feel like uh, too much work as much as it might be that. It's really spending time around the things that make my heart glad so i'm already motivated towards invest, investing as much as i can into that space yeah mm. beautiful and talk about leadership i'm thinking african continent I'm, I'm looking at it as we're operating on a survival mode so can you tell me do you think that 
we have the capacity as Africa to solve Africa's problems. How do you think leadership can help us? I think uh, everything really uh, survives on uh, good leadership. Uh, and, and good leadership really is defined by people, individuals with capacity to redress challenges or capacity to solve problems. You know, when you, when you meet with your president or head of state and you have a breakfast meeting, uh, one of the hopes is not to have a selfie with them, but to really raise questions you might have or concerns you have with the view that they will respond to those issues. So the definition is really taken from there, that it's a very pragmatic approach to, to leadership. So that is what we really need uh, across the continent. What, what I've observed is most people are spending most of their time uh, using paradigms that haven't really uh, helped us in, in terms of uh, solving our crisis. In fact, if anything, they seem to look elsewhere for solutions. It's almost like we want somebody else to come and tell us what to do. And that's why you find the majority of our leaders, one of the things they like doing is going overseas uh, to all these conferences and meetings and uh, uh, places where they think help is to be found. But those nations they're going to, what they've actually done is to solve their own problems and really meet their own demands and challenges, which we ought to be doing for, our, for ourselves. And they, they don't come to us to attend our conferences because if we don't have anything to offer them, they won't come to us. But the moment we have that mind shift we start to be solution-oriented, particularly addressing the, the issues that we face. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, um, then that will be the shift in leadership and in thinking that will bring about disruptions we, we, we are talking about. And I think that will be the game changer in my view. Well, uh, more than 60% of our generation is young our population is very young if you if you look at what where innovation is mostly associated with is the is the young people who are always thinking outside the box uh, what we need to change though as part of our cult is to shift from the adult orientation where the eldership cult can we have allow young people to emerge who can challenge some of the paradigms we have always worked with and uh, and the elder needs, needs help and the elder needs input input can really come from from the young people as as it were so part of this shift that we need to see right now is really just the combination of the two we have the stability of the experienced over and above the innovative and disruptive thinking of the younger. That combination is what we need on the continent. Wow. So, so the, the elderly cult should provide the stability and the backbone for the younger ones to innovate and create what is required. That's right. We, we, we have a tendency of the eldership 
overstaying their welcome, hanging on to positions. And what tends to happen is those positions that are held on to are being run according to rules and functionalities that may be outdated. I mean, uh, and not to be disrespectful, most of the world is now computerized and most things are online and so forth. Now, you don't expect uh, a 70, 80, 90-year-old to be quite versatile with some of the ends and, you know, and ends of, of uh, some of these mostly sophisticated uh, systems that, that are coming on board. Uh, I mean, your, your, your computer gets seemingly outdated every six months because of the rapidity of change. Now, people who are able to keep up and stay in touch and stay at pace with that change are, are the young people. And now, this is not to write off the older generation. It's simply to say it's the collaboration of the two uh, that, um, um, that will assist with the, um, you know, with a win-win situation. Um, and, and that is something we, we just have to learn to, to live with going forward as opposed to uh, really having uh, statesmen and stateswomen or senior executives who, who are not thinking about the vital contribution the younger generation can really bring on board uh, in any organization or country. Mm. So, if I may, if I may ask it this way, mm-hmm. based on our current survival mode, how do we move young people from survival mode to thriving? I think even the older generation is still hanging on because you know, it's like retirement. I don't want to be retired. I'm not sure I'll survive if I don't have any. So, how do we move everyone from survival to let's thrive kind of disposition? The pattern and how any nation that is become uh, thriving first thing is is a vision a compelling generational vision of something like 50 you know to have a plan that says this is what we want to achieve in the next 50 years and then to rally everything so that means we rally everyone behind this vision it's no longer about seniority uh, or age or experience or lack thereof to be number rallying point becomes achieving that vision at any cost a building will be 1500 meters high I mean that's insane but because he said that um, he doesn't want his people to have a better future he says he wants them to enjoy good life now. I mean, Mm. that tells you he has disrupted everything we know about how we do things and got his people from what uh, 30, 40 years ago was simply a desert to even creating one of the largest man-made islands. In other words, creating the the real estate for, for them to thrive and uh, and that whole thing is based on the fact that he he caught the vision and decided that this is going to be the rallying point for everyone 
Now, the interesting thing is that、uh, a majority of the people who actually、uh, live in Dubai are outsiders, they're foreigners. We have come and caught up with this vision. They are the ones that are providing the services that are required and, and so forth. Now, it doesn't mean, doesn't matter who you are. What is bringing people together in Dubai? I do have a friend who lives there, and he tells me the same that what's really driving Dubai is not、uh, your identity, it's the vision. It's the vision there is that everybody. Uh, comes on and, and runs with. And that's basically how we need to come out of survival mode is we simply have a, a compelling vision that anybody who comes into the picture has no choice but subscribe to because it is the attraction for, for everybody. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the Dubai story is, is an amazing one. I mean, Dubai is one big construction site and it <laughs> I used to think Abuja was a construction site until I took my first trip to Dubai. And yeah, so the, the heart of construction. So, tell, so, what would be, if I was speaking to a young person now, because it seems the paradigm, it, it may be difficult to work on the older people to get this to change. It's been tough.、Yeah. You know, revolutions in Africa have been by young people who are now holding on to power and have become the old people. What would be the advice to the younger ones so that we don't have a repeat of this cycle?、Mm-hmm. Again,、uh, what, what has been lost, you know, when you look at the coups that happened in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, is young people got frustrated by being blocked and having no access to opportunity. Now, those very same young people who are now elderly statesmen have forgotten what brought them into the picture in the first place. So, so what we need to see, that's why I keep insisting on both the older and the younger generation consolidating. What we have created are, are two entities where you have an older generation within an African context that. Whatever they say goes because they have the means, they have the、um, access, they have the, the, the numbers behind them, as it were,、uh, in terms of、uh, when you even come to, to elections and so forth. Well,、mm. that is different, by the way, now. The numbers are no longer in, with the older generation, they're now with the younger generation. What needs to happen among young people? Is I think if you utilize social media, which are platforms of communication,、mm-hmm. um, to really talk to one another as exchanging ideas that you can really rally around. And by the way, a vision is not always, doesn't always have to come from an older generation, a vision can come from anybody. If young people you utilize social media, To start connecting and communicating. If, if, if you look at some of the revolutions that have been toppled in recent times, that's because young people started talking. So, exchange the、uh, conversations that have no content that we normally、uh, associate social media with to conversations that have substance 
as a way to start rallying uh you know what is what you know i almost want to start a, a viral statement a hashtag that basically says uh what would you want for your country and see what okay. what we collect from young people and then the themes that we can consolidate then utilize that as a as a rallying point it came from them in the first place and see how many people can come on board with something like that hmm. okay i mean i wish we had so much time to talk more about this because this is a sensitive issue it is pertinent even at this time to consider ways of moving forward i mean covid-19 has shown us solutions coming out of africa being looked at as mm-hmm. not being real solutions yet our numbers are low and and things like that so it's important we regain our sense of self identity and it's important we rally around a system that works so i would yeah. say this if you had just one thing to say to anyone this young and old in terms of let's go beyond survival and try what would you say cannot be stopped in any nation in any situation is a united front right now what has caused africa to be pillaged is because of we are so disunited and disenfranchised you have people at polar opposites against each other not realizing they actually belong together so the first thing we need to overcome any nation is this polarized identity of africans having nothing we just have to go back into history it's not a long time ago where africa was on the forefront of invention some of them that have been stolen and reclaimed by somebody else for example even with the covid uh, 19 uh, madagascar is a solution and who is trying to pull that down and so forth well they they say there are no clinical tests so what i would do is do the clinical tests anyway and discover the authentic solution rather than mm-hmm. say stop don't utilize it madagascar has no death covid related mm. to date zero so why would we question the authenticity of their solution now what has happened is madagascar has just managed to have a teleconference in 37 nations have endorsed their product that's all you need is mm. once you have a united nobody will tell you otherwise because sim- people are simply going to move on to what has brought them together so if 37 or 54 nations are saying we are behind this effort it's only a matter of time the remaining 14 to say no we 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 want to come on board as well and 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 that's the end of the story so my first uh encouragement to anybody who's trying to do anything is don't do it alone try and bring others on board and try and unite behind an idea a concept a dream then you will see that that force is unstoppable I mean anything that has gone viral is simply because people are endorsing it and that not be changed by anybody so that's what i would do uh, if i if i were in in a situation where i had to turn anything around is just get people united
Thank you so much, Professor Sam and Donga. I mean, you have in these few minutes shared with us things that will remain with us for a long time. These are in truths, and I'm glad you could make our time to to share them. Pleasure. I wish we had more time. I'm sure we can always make some time in the future to really take this the next step. But uh, I think we have enough here to get us going and get us somewhere. Yeah, sure, definitely. Folks, you heard it. You heard him. You have listened, as always. Share the message. Tag a friend. Keep this conversation going. You heard it on Sensei's with your leading experts in strategy and leadership. Bye for now.